Welcome to Multifamily Real Estate Investing, presented by Mara Poling. My name is Pat Poling. I'm the founder and CEO of Mara Poling. And today we're going to be discussing the three phases of economic disruption resulting from this intentional slowdown of the economy in response to the COVID-19 virus. We discussed this in more depth last week in our live webinar, which you can go to marapolling.com, the learning center, and watch a recording of the entire session. That's M-A-R-A-P-O-L-I-N-G.com. Click on the Learning Center. You'll see a copy of the recording right there. You'll also see a registration link for an update scheduled for April 21st. We want to provide some additional material, especially as we're a little deeper into the April rent cycle by then, to share with everyone how multifamily is actually performing in light of everything that's going on in uh, the multifamily space relative to uh, this intentional slowdown. So today's conversation is about the three phases of the economic disruption caused by this intentional slowdown. We're going to talk about the restricted economy, how the economy will restart, or at least what our cracked crystal ball says it may look like, and then a little bit of a conversation about the new normal. And all of these factor into how we are managing our portfolios today in anticipation of what the future may hold. As always, if you have questions, feel free to shoot me an email, pat at marapoling.com, M-A-R-A-P-O-L-I-N-G.com. And as I said, please swing by the Learning Center. Some really good material available for you there, as well as the ability for you to register for this upcoming um, update. So phase one of what we're all going through is this restricted economy. And it's really unprecedented, as we've discussed before. Um, I can't really think of any instance where the U.S. and the global economy effectively have been intentionally restricted in such a way. They've certainly been impacted by large-scale events, world wars, um, uh, depression, but uh, nothing from an intentional standpoint, uh, this intentional restricting. So uh, we are in some new territory from that standpoint. Um, what are we doing and what are we recommending that folks do is to execute their plans, right? Uh, we have a very clear focused plan for our portfolios, which is uh, very much focused on taking care of our tenants, our team members, uh, our families, ourselves, and uh, being very focused on maintaining and taking advantage of the stabilizing forces that multifamily provides all of us. So things like maintaining occupancy at the assets, working with tenants that have short-term financial issues that arise from what they may be going through personally, 
Many of them, if not almost all, will have access to some level of government support. That may take some time, and so we're working with them to help them get through that transitional phase with the full expectation, not only that we have, but that they have as well, that we will all get through this, and then there'll be an opportunity for them to uh, catch up and work with us to make their rent accounts whole. Cash flow during this restricted time is going to be down, and that's going to be true for any uh, investment that's out there in particular uh, for those that were hard hit, so retail and um, uh, uh, some of the transportation. Uh, there may be some impacts short-term to office, although not uh, quite as likely. Hospitality, absolutely. Multifamily, though, very resilient. Uh, it is still early in the rent cycle for the month of April. We are seeing extremely strong collections. So uh, May is a month. We anticipate there being more challenges. Uh, April, fingers crossed, pres progressing fairly well uh, right now. During this time when the economy is restricted, it's extremely important, we believe, that we all communicate as best we can. And that's one reason why not only our podcast that we do weekly, but the webinar series that we've spun up, as well as the regular communication we're having with our uh, client base, the members in our investment fund, uh, investors in our individual assets, and the like. This phase, this first phase of all this, is going to last a couple of months. Um, we're pretty confident in that timing. This isn't going to be over at the end of April, uh, nor is it going to be over at the end of May. Will we be starting the restarting of the economy in May, at the end of May, the beginning of June? We, we, we don't know and no one does. Um, uh, we all certainly hope and pray that we get to that point sooner than later, uh, but we will get there when we get there. In the meantime, uh, we execute our plan while we're in phase one and we prepare ourselves for phase two. Phase two is the restarting of the economy. When we were putting some material together for last week's uh, web session that we had, and again, you can go check out a recording at the Learning Center. We were struggling with what to call it. It's not going to be a recovery because this isn't, this isn't like a traditional recession. We're technically in a recession because economic activity will have contracted and we'll probably spill into, uh, we'll have two quarters of that most likely. So we'll technically have checked the box to be in a recession. Will this actually trigger a real traditional sort of recession? Quite possibly. Uh, don't know that yet. And out of that would be what you would normally call a recovery. What we're talking about right now is the actual lifting of restrictions and the restarting of the economy. When we start to say things like non-essential businesses can reopen, people can begin to gather with probably some restrictions in the beginning, but people can begin to gather again in public places, restaurants, uh, bars, uh, other uh, items open, travel is less restricted, the uh, airlines come back and begin offering 
more flights. There begins to be more mobility around the country. And that's going to happen over time. That economic activity is not going to suddenly start one day. And again, this is with our cracked crystal ball. Um, there's nothing that I'm sharing with you that I know that other people don't know, uh, nor is any of this um, uh, highly certain, right? This is simply our best understanding based on the input we've received from the resources we have access to in the multifamily real estate space, whether it be in the uh, brokerage and deal flow side or in the development space or in the lending community. Um, this is the kind of feedback we're getting. So the restarting the economy isn't day one, not going to be an on off switch. It's realistic to expect that non-essential luxury kinds of goods and services are probably going to lag behind uh, those services that are viewed as having a higher uh, need. Uh, you know, will people immediately begin taking uh, vacations and the like again? Who knows? Maybe that's, uh, maybe that's possible, right? Maybe everybody's first thought is to hop on a plane and head to Las Vegas and get away for, uh, for a few days. But what does make more sense is people will want to get out, right? And they're going to get out and they're going to gonna, gonna want to go to their local restaurant. They're going to want to go have uh, a party with some friends. They're going to catch up on the things that they've missed. There are weddings and all sorts of other family events that have been either delayed or that have happened and people have connected electronically and people will now want to physically go get together. Uh, all of that will begin to create economic activity. And that economic activity will begin to create cash that flows to the citizenry, many of whom are our tenants, right? And so our tenants will begin to see a return of their income. Not all tenants will. Uh, there will be uh, businesses that will not fully recover. There may be some that don't recover at all. So while most, if not almost all of our tenants will see an increased ability to pay rent when it's due, not all of them will. So there'll be some lagging that goes on with this. One of the other things though, that'll start happening is when the economy begins this restart is we'll start to see an opportunity for these payment agreements that we will have put in place with tenants to be made good. Some tenants will pay in full rather quickly. Some will take a little more time, uh, but we'll begin that process. So if you think about that, what we've done is we've taken, and I'm just going to use an example here. We've got a property that has 100 units at $1,000 a month. So there's $100,000 in potential rent to be collected. And we're going to make a silly assumption that it's 100% occupied just to make the math easy for us. So normally there'd be $100,000 in rent that could be collected. You might collect $99,000 on a typical month. Well, we may have only collected $90,000 or $85,000 or $80,000 for some number of months while we were in that first phase during the restricted portion of economic activity. Now that we're moving into phase two, we go back to 85, 90, 95, 
98,000, maybe like I said, maybe not quite all the way, my, maybe not every tenant is able to fully recover and begin paying their rent again at that moment. There might be a bit of a lag. But we actually see collections higher than that, 100,000, 102,000, 105,000, because we're collecting the rent that we gave folks some additional time on. So what we've done is we've taken cash flow from April and May and maybe June, whatever length of time it is, and it will have moved into June, July, August, July, August, September, something like that. If the timing of all that is that we move through these two cycles before the end of the year, then cash flow for 2020 looks an awful lot like what cash flow would have looked like before. Slightly lower, possibly, but really redistributed during the year from this earlier part of the year, late first quarter, second quarter into third quarter, maybe fourth quarter, right? Now, as that happens, we start to head back towards what many folks you've heard describe as saying, well, things are then going to get back to normal. That's where we have a different thought. And that really gets to the third phase. And that is the new normal. We don't think that we'll actually go back to normal. There, normal isn't going to be what normal was six months ago. We've just had an event collectively experienced by 300 million plus Americans and billions of people around the globe that highlighted not only health issues that, uh, and concerns about health care and uh, readiness for such items. Those are kind of big issues we'll leave to the big smart people, not us. Um, but what we've highlighted is that these studies, these surveys that showed the average family couldn't withstand a single uh, one-time event that cost $400, that they didn't have that level of savings, that that has an enormous amount of our, not just country, but our economy at risk if there is disruption of that level, especially on the widespread basis that we th thought about it and felt it. So we think the new normal is going to be different, that there's going to be some differences in things like savings rates, that there'll be some differences in uh, potentially some public policy as to how we address some of these items. We think there'll be changes in consumer behavior. People are re-experiencing things that we haven't experienced in many years. We've become a society in which we rely a great deal on other people to prepare our meals. We go out, we go to restaurants, people eat lunch out, they eat their breakfast out three out of five days a week, whatever the numbers are. Well, we've been feeding ourselves and relying on the grocery store. How much of that will stay? Now, do we see a, a big shift back? Um, will there be pieces that go away? Um, are we going to go back to going to movie theaters the way we did before? Is that industry going to be changed? Uh, and I'm just picking on a couple that are potential places where we will see changes. All of it, though, centers around the fact that there'll be a greater emphasis on home. And 
we're, we love that because obviously we're in the home business. We provide people with a living space that they can then turn into their home. So with this greater emphasis on home, the attributes of the living space that we provide will be viewed through a different lens. The size of the space, the flexibility of it. Is it capable of supporting me working from home? Uh, does it meet all of the new requirements that I have when I think about what I want to do in this space over time? As opposed to the old normal, which was, I've only got a certain amount of money to spend and I just need a place to crash because I'm out with my friends. I go out and hang out here. I go uh, down the street and I work at this office. Um, those things are going to change. And this is where our crystal ball obviously is the least accurate. We really don't know what that new normal is going to be. We do have a high degree of confidence that it's going to be a new normal, not a return to what we did six months or a year ago. So we think all of that puts us in a wonderful position, uh, not only ourselves, right? More polling and what we do in terms of how we manage our assets, but each of us in terms of taking this opportunity to look at our own plans for the future, uh, our personal plans, our financial plans, and look at them thinking now about what this new future is going to look like. And it will be here soon. Uh, this is an event that we will get through. We will be on the other side of uh, the impacts of this economic, uh, intentional economic slowdown soon. Uh, we will move into phase two and begin to start the economy back up, the sectors that we have closed down. And then we're going to start experiencing what that new normal looks like. And this is a great time to give thought to how do I see that changing what my plan has been? Are there things now that I'll be able to do that I wasn't able to do or wasn't thinking would be possible for me prior to this? And are there parts of my plan that I was counting on or anticipating that now I need to shift? And certainly how we manage our portfolios, we're going through that exact same process right now. Yes, we're very focused on how we maximize occupancy and do the other work that we need to do today in the short term. We're absolutely looking at what we do and we have some wonderful ideas uh, based on some feedback we're already beginning to see from some uh, tenants in terms of what the new normal might mean in terms of uh, attributes that our tenants, that our customers would like to see uh, that could give us uh, an opportunity to meet their needs in this new marketplace. Please go to the Learning Center. Uh, we had a great session last week. Uh, it's a little over an hour long, uh, so break it up in pieces if you if you would like. Um, happy to send you a copy of that presentation as well. You can just shoot me an email pat at marapolling.com. And, uh, and when you're at the Learning Center, register for uh, the session that we've got coming up in a couple of weeks. Uh, we'd love to share with you what we've learned as we got through April and what our uh, foggy, cracked, not terribly accurate crystal ball is telling us about uh, the month of May uh, and June.
And so with that, I hope you have a, uh, a great week. Please take care of yourselves, stay healthy, and we look forward to seeing you next time on Multifamily Real Estate Investing presented by Mara Poling. 